Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Very important. We, we, I told you, we have to study the word. Okay. Now, we are going into the word. In King James Version, it's kind of very deep. So, I'll read from ESV. Repent, therefore. Every time you say there, when you say every time you see a word therefore, you should ask why is it therefore? <laughs> okay, you should always ask that. Okay, no one, you know, you know, it's my joke, but you can keep it with yourself. Every time you say it, you say why is it therefore? Repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Verse twenty, the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Now I'm going to look at King James Version. It's little different, but I want to read it. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Everybody say converted. There's a stark difference between those two words. Okay. One says, be turned back. The other says converted. Keep that in mind. That your sins may be blotted out. When, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Let's just look at verse 19. Repent ye therefore. Every time the word we say repent is mentioned. People begin to think like, oh, what is, what have I missed that I have to change that, you know, they go into this guilt and condemnation mode. But in the way the Bible is mentioning, repent ye therefore, as I said, why is it therefore? Say it to yourself, why is it therefore? You will know now, okay. The word repent when it is mentioned, the first reaction of all of us is, oh, something I missed, so God is coming after me to make sure I make it right. It's always the judgmental mode, you know. Because somewhere we grew up with that kind of sentiment or understanding of God. Every time God says correct something, ah, the first thing we need to say is, somewhere, you know, God is not happy with me. He's mad at me. He's judging me. But in this instance, I want you to see through the word of God, when God is saying, repent ye therefore, there is a thereafter. Before God wants to do something amazing, he's saying there's a requirement of correction. He is not saying, repent or die. He's basically saying, correct yourself so I can do something glorious in your life. Come on, come on now. He's saying, change, repent. The word repent is actually not about the emotionally crying out and, you know, it's, it is part of it, but it is not the whole deal. Repent is to change the way you're doing certain things. It's like a U-turn. You were doing this. Now you say, no, this is not me. This is not good. I'm going to change it. Mm 
God is saying change certain things the way you do. Because, now we, verse 19, if you, ye therefore, I said there is a therefore, right? Because, he's saying something, and be converted. Ay, converted. If God wants to give you a powerful life going forward, the Lord says, you got to change something. And that change and repentance is a requirement. Everybody say requirement. Requirement. If you do this, God says, now I as God, I'm allowed to do certain things for you. And be converted. You know, converted is like, you know, if you have a gas engine, you know, there is something called as a catalytic converter. At least in India, I've seen it. I don't know about you guys. There's for motorbikes, you have something called as a catalytic converter. It converts certain things and the process is, it goes through a process, things get converted. God is saying, if you repent, therefore, you will be converted. Something is going to happen. Keep that in mind. That your sins may be blotted out. Hmm. I want to explain this. Give me a few minutes. In the Old Testament, and we have to go to the basics. We have to lay some certain foundations. Every time somebody sinned, they sacrificed a bull, a sheep, something, and said their sins were covered. Now, covering, I, I don't have, okay. This, it's like covering. The sins were covered. Like this blanket, you put over it, the sin is covered. But the truth is, my beloved, the sin was still existing there. It is just that the blood covered it. The blood of the goats, animals just covered it in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, when John the Baptist looked at Jesus, he made a very powerful statement. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away. Everybody say, taketh away. The sins. Of the, world. of the world so basically now if the blood of Jesus touches your life I want you to get this truth about the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover something like a blanket the blood of Jesus does what it taketh away meaning you cannot find it anymore it takes it away so now connect the dots here Peter, the apostle, is saying, Repent ye therefore. Change the way you're doing your life. Take a U-turn. Take 180 degree turns on certain things. Because you will to be converted. Meaning your life will be fully transformed. That your sins may be blotted out. Blotted out is taken away. Meaning everything will be taken out. As if you never sinned. That makes people powerful. You with me? You with me? Because when you repent and you become a new creation, you're converted because of repentance. Because you change the way you look at things, you change the way through God's eyes you're saying, this is not me, this is not going to be me anymore. You change that equation with sin. You become a new converted being. Then what happens is immediately your sins are blotted out. 
that your sins may be blotted out. And now this is where I want to take you. When the times of refreshing, everybody say times of refreshing. One more time. That the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. This is where I want to take you. This times of refreshing. You know what is the other word for times of refreshing? The word refreshing means revival. Okay. Now, now, now hold on. When that time, one more time, tell with me. Times of refreshing okay people on zoom are you still with me have you gone to sleep no no i'm laying a foundation without a foundation i cannot build a building okay deeper the foundation higher the building you need this foundation the foundation is you repent to be transformed and when you're transformed that means your sins are no more existing right then what happens is this. Then times of refreshing shall come. Everybody say times. times. If you read the Bible in English, sometimes we can miss out a lot of details of what the king of glory is saying. So now I want you to take you into the spirit dimension. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. You ready to read the same scripture with this angle? Let's go. Times here means kairos. Everybody say kairos. Kairos means an appointed time under the heavens for a thing. Repeat with me. Say Kairos, Kairos. means an appointed time under the heavens for certain things. Listen, you might have come here saying, I lost time i don't know how i will ever get it back i want to show you something through the word our god lives outside of time i keep making that statement because it's very important for us to know he doesn't function like human beings he lives outside of time so this kairos a set appointed time under the heavens now, if you connect the words of refreshing, that word refreshing means revival. Everybody say revival. Revival, revival means in its, in its simplest form, if something is dead, bringing it back to life is called what? Reviving it. They say, oh, we revived this person and we almost lost him. We revived him. What is revival? Revi Revival is reviving. Something that's dying, you don't let it die. You bring it back to life. Now this statement is saying, when the times of revival shall come from the presence of the Lord. Meaning, the presence of God is not just goosebumps. The presence of God is not just about feel-good hormones. The presence of God is not just about in worship, you cry and you feel something. Oh, Lord, I feel so good in my heart. If the presence of God is only that, then we are in trouble. But I want, you to, I want to introduce you to a dimension that is available in the presence of God. But it is only available for those who have a revelation of it. 
the revelation is you don't go into the presence of god however you want have you heard this song old songs now let all the religious spirit be bound lord jesus in the mighty name of jesus have you heard old songs which says you know like uh, you know like it says like come how, however you are into the presence of god that is for babies did i shoot some arrows you know we have all sung that song right we said come as you are to worship come as you are meaning 10 minutes ago you're slandering backbiting cursing other believer and wishing him all ill and bad and then you're like come as you are in the presence of the lord you know you're just like lifting up your hands that come as you are is a very dangerous come as you are that i'm not talking about that i'm talking about people who are intentional about what to do in the presence of god because when you enter the presence of god you can go empty handed you can go with intentionality your heart can be prepared your spirit can be prepared to receive you can go in a very different way to receive certain things from the presence of god god give me grace to say all of this the problem in today's christian life is not that god doesn't want to come in his presence he comes the problem is what do we do with that presence we have become too used to the presence of god we say oh i feel it so good but we nobody told us what to do in it what do you do do you dance do you scream do you jump do you roll what is what else are you supposed to do in your spirit man nobody told us these things but we have to be informed because when you are intentional in the presence of god there are layers and dimensions available in the presence of god now in this scripture there is a kind of a miracle in this the miracle is time restoration it is available in this word acts chapter 3 verse 19 talks about time reversal it talks about restoration it talks about revival it talks about restoring whatever you lost and the ultimate thing it's talking about is time reversal i'll show you that in few minutes but to attain that kind of time restoration in the presence of god god is having certain requirements before you approach this you have to approach it not like come just as you are you can't go into that dimension just like i am i'll just walk out and just like god will just come and meet me no you become very intentional and that is why here peter was saying repent ye repent you all repent because why he's saying change the way you approach god he's saying don't just come to god just the way you are change it he's saying change your mindset change the way you're approaching god he said change your whole being and he said look at things differently and then he's saying then you will be converted you won't approach god in the same way then he's saying when you come like that you're coming as if your sins do not exist hey watch me carefully tonight i know it's little complex but you will get it i assure you will get it i'm going to ask you one trick question 
but it's from genuinity of my heart. Every time you approach the presence of God, have you checked if there is any guilt conscious in your spirit? Not the ones you committed few days ago. It's not, I'm not about talking about those things. Is there underlying issues in your heart which talks about your failures? If you can get rid of them, knowing that the blood of Jesus has blotted it out and you have truly repented out of it, there comes a power in the way you approach the presence of God. This is the first key. The way you approach is no more where your conscious or your subconscious still has some, you know, um, black marks or something. You're coming with a total clean slate in your soul because you're dealt, you're repented in that area completely and you said, no, this is not my lifestyle. And then you know the blood of Jesus has removed it. When you come into that place and then when then you come into the presence of God, God assures you a time reversal miracle and that is what he says here. He says, this kairos of revival shall come from the presence of the Lord. That word presence now means countenance. Everybody say countenance. I have to lay this foundation. Meaning the kairos set appointed time of God for revival. For your life, for you specifically, I'm not talking about for everybody, specific revival for you. See, Kairos is a very powerful word, meaning for her, the breakthrough what she needs could be in these many days. For you, the breakthrough should maybe needed in just one week's time. For another guy, the breakthrough might be needed right now. For somebody else, they should have got breakthrough five years ago and they have not got it. Okay. So each one has a different kind of living with different kind of timelines in their life. But this word is saying, no matter how much you have missed in the past, no matter how much you think you're going to miss, if you hit the moment of Kairos, everything that needs to happen in your life in a set period of time, which you missed or you did not miss, all of a sudden, because of God, you will enter your Kairos. Are you with me? In the sense, you might have missed a business deal seven years ago. Now, all of a sudden, heaven says Kairos on you. That whatever you missed seven years ago, now all of a sudden becomes available to you now. And this becomes your appointed time. And whatever you could not make seven years ago, you make it now with interest. You know what I'm talking about? Because it becomes your set appointed time under the heavens. Can I say something? You can enter a place in God where everywhere you move, it can be your Kairos moment. Meaning, that is why I'm trying to teach you this. So how do you carry Kairos all over your life? How do you bring yourself to a place in the presence of God? Where everything you touch, everything you do is moving with the speed of the spirit. Are you, are you getting excited now? Yeah. So to do that, he's saying the times of refreshing comes from somewhere. So basically Kairos comes from a place. And the place is from the presence of God. 
Now everybody say, where is this presence of God? In this scripture, the presence means countenance. Okay? Kairos of revival shall come from the countenance of the Lord. So you need to ask, so how do I position myself? People on Zoom, you're with me? Okay, okay. So the presence of the Lord is the countenance of the Lord. Fine. Now, I want to take you to the book of Esther. I will show you how she reversed time. You ready for this? Thank you, Lord Jesus. There was a time when there was a plot against the Jews, right? I'm trying to paraphrase everything. Now, Esther became the woman of God that saved the generation of Jews. But how did she do it? Now, I want you to keep connecting the dots. So, the kairos of revival comes from the countenance of the Lord. In that meaning, the Lord is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the King of glory. I want to show you the comparison of that in the book of Esther. In the book of Esther, the king sat in the royal throne. He had, um, you know, like the royal throne will have a corridor and it's the corridor of power. And there are thrones. He's the big throne. There are small thrones in front of him and he's the king who sits there. And he holds something called as the golden scepter. The reason I'm explaining this is this morning when I woke up, I began to see the vision of a golden scepter. And I asked God, what is this golden scepter? And the Lord said, this golden scepter will release the favor to restore time. And I didn't connect the dots. I began to say, Lord, golden scepter, reversal of time. And then I began to pray into it. And then the Lord showed me Esther in the spirit. And I understood Esther did not die because she touched the king's golden scepter. Okay, I know I'm going everywhere, but I'll take you to the right place. So now Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Times kairos of revival comes from the countenance of the Lord. The countenance, the face of the Lord. So meaning times of refreshing. So times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. So there is a place you need to approach the presence of the Lord. So what does Esther do? Now let's get into some history. Soon we are going to be praying. I am just laying this foundation. In chapter 3, you can read at home. You will see that the king promotes somebody called as Haman. I'm saying his name right? And, and, um, and, the, and he, because he got promoted by the king, he began to do evil against the Jews. Okay? And he conspired to kill all the Jews. Okay? And finally now it comes to a place where this is the epic conversation you will see. Chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had been done. Because there was a decree that was passed to kill all the Jews. Okay? Now I want to tell you that 
things don't happen on earth accidentally for everything there is a reason okay so even for a decree like that to be passed for all the jews to be killed there was a satanic agenda behind it and that agenda was flowing through haman okay he was he was the enemy's representative and he and the king made friends with haman and haman gave the king certain things and then king said okay you do whatever you want and he made the king write a decree that all the jews should be killed you see how it works sometimes when you partner with certain evil people you don't know what you're advancing so this is what was happening here and now mordecai learned all that was done and he began to cry out and then let me take you um to this word chapter Esther chapter 4 verse 13 then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews for if you keep silent at this time relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this everybody says such a time as this such a time as this that meant again kairos okay so and then it says then esther told them to reply to mordecai go gather all the jews to be found in susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for 3 days night or day i and my young women will also fast as you do then i will go to the king though it is against the law and if i perish i perish hold on in the olden days here now that king can be compared to the presence of god just think of it like that now this king is sitting as somebody who can change things for his people and now he is the one who can release a fresh decree from his face now acts chapter 3 verse 19 said times of revival comes from the countenance of the lord now we the same parallel is happening here now esther says i am not just going to approach the king randomly if you read the same thing earlier it clearly says i i want to i want to show you this verse 11 and all the king's servants and the people of the king's provisions know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called there is but one law to be put to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live but as for me i have not been called to come into the king these 30 days you're all with me is it too much is it too complex are you getting it and this is what he says and they told mordecai what esther had said then mordecai told them to reply to esther do not think yourself that's when he says that maybe god has called you in a time such as this you're all connecting the dots you're all connecting the dots 
Now, basically, there is a golden scepter. The king can release that favor on anybody. If he does not, people die. Because there's a decree that nobody enters his presence. And if he doesn't grant them the golden scepter, they will for sure be killed. And Esther is not invited to go in. But this is where the game change happens. She enters into Acts chapter 3, verse 19. She does certain things. You read just now. She begins to fast. What did she begin to do? She began to change her mindset. Fasting was not just about forsaking food. It was about focus. She was changing certain way she does things about her and herself. She fasted. She repented. She turned. She changed her ways. And, be, and began to prepare herself to get into the presence of God with intentionality. And she began to enter the presence of God with intentionality. And then she came to a point where she said, if I die, I die in his presence. You with me? So basically she said, I'm going to go into the presence of God. And I have to make sure in the presence of my king, I get a touch from that golden scepter. If that golden scepter is not going to touch me, I know I'm going to be dead. So for that kind of touch from the golden scepter, I need to prepare myself in certain ways. And she says, I am ready for it. And she fasts for three days. And you, and you see, this is what she says. Go gather all the Jews. And my and young woman will also fast with you. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And this is what on the third day, Esther put on royal robes, stood in the inner court of the king's palace, in front of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne, inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when the king saw Queen Esther, Standing in the court, mark this sentence, she won favor in his sight and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And the king said to her, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you, ay, 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 even to the half of my kingdom. Oof. So many scriptures we read. There's so much of weight in it. So basically, she won the favor of the king. But in the process, you know what happened? She reversed time for the entire community of Jews to survive for the rest of the centuries. Now, now all the reading context is done. Now I want to talk to you. If Esther had not prepared herself to go into the presence of the king the way she decided to go. And if she had not won the favor of the king, not only she would have died, she would have made sure all the Jews would have died with her. Basically, the enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy always comes and he releases a timing. I'm taking you somewhere. Releases a timeline over your life. I, now I need to move this and now I have to talk. 
the enemy's way of functioning, stealing, killing, destroying, he releases seasons and he releases people, he releases demons, he releases demonic activity, he releases his representatives to pass decrees in the spiritual realm which will come against you in the natural realm. But what you need to do is, if you think everything in your life started going south all of a sudden without reason, I want to tell you, it is you are being not informed. But if you look into the spirit, right now I'm trying to explain these things from the book of Esther. If you see the previous chapter, there was a man called Haman who became the representative of Satan to release a decree which would kill the whole entire Jewish nation. Today, if we see Jews are still alive, it is because of Esther. My goodness. Because one woman said, I will learn how to approach the presence of the king and gain his favor. And when she learned how to approach him and receive that favor and the golden scepter, because of in the natural, you will say it was just a touch of a golden scepter, correct? But what was it in the spiritual and in the natural otherwise? It was a time reversal miracle that happened which stopped the annihilation of Jews for eternity. Wow. 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 So what are we going to do in the presence of God that can extend the scepter towards our life? That is why now Peter is saying Kairos. So when, when Esther entered and touched the golden scepter, she received an appointed time to change certain things for her people. And because of that, things began to change for Esther and her people. Meaning, there is a time reversal miracle available which comes from the countenance of the king. So, all you need to really do is there are certain keys. Repentance, being confident in the blood of Jesus and going without guilt into his presence. And you need to go into his presence to gain the favor of the Lord. You need to go into his presence in such a way that you say, I have no options. If I die, I die. But only other option is to receive the touch of the golden scepter by the king. Because the presence of the Lord is the countenance of the Lord. When you come before him, the Bible is saying times Kairos of refreshing, revival will come upon you. It comes from there. So you're all able to get all of this. So whenever people say Kairos, there is the only place and that is in the place of the presence of the Lord where time reversal miracles can happen. And you have to go there intentionally. Because every time the enemy releases things over your life, there is a timeline for it. There is an expiry date of the enemy's attacks. Did you know that? And if the enemy can hit you in that time span, if he can catch you in that time span, he can bury your life. But if you can escape that timeline of the enemy and introduce the kairos of God through the presence of God, you escape his timeline because you are transported to another timeline. 
Hallelujah. So that is, that is the reason I can say that God can restore seven years of your life if you can step into his presence in a different way. The only requirement is you got to come and settle your heart and say, Lord, I'm repenting full. I'm going to be converted saying no more is no more. I'm a different man. Then you're going to say my sins are fully blotted. There's full confidence. Then when you go, there is a revival unction and a presence that will come from the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now, let's go and we're going to pray.